Welcome to episode 10 of season five of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be speaking with fellow creative Mark Ensign. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. All right. Hey, Mark. Thank you so much for being here on the Simplify and Multiply show. How goes it today? Oh, it's going great. How about yourself? Yeah. Uh, I'm doing good. I was so excited to have you on the show because we are both creatives. <laughs> so let's start things off by you sharing with our listener a little bit about your background and the really cool stuff that you're doing today. Okay. Um, well, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you the the shorter version only because I could probably go on this for an hour. Uh, um, but I, I started off my creative life as a musician. Um, graduated from Berklee College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts, in the uh, early '90s, mid '90s. Um, and and uh, I had I had graduated with a degree in in um, music performance with this dream of wanting to work on Broadway, um, mm. which was hysterical because at the time I had never even uh, been to a Broadway show. Um, oh, I just like, like it was like I had no idea what I was in for, but I thought that like I was like, look, it's a steady gig. You know, I'm living in mom's mm -hmm. basement, so like it couldn't be that bad. And, um, and, and, and like, it, it probably play, pays pretty well. Cause like it's Broadway and if you can make it here, yeah. you can make it there and like everywhere and all this other kind of stuff. Like I had this all figured out. I was going to work on Broadway, had no idea whether it was even possible or, or like even how to get the gig. This was kind of before the internet was like, the internet was just mm. like, like, you know, uh, AOL discs and like chat room yeah. and porn. And that's like all <laughs> the internet was. And, yes. you know, and I had exhausted I all of the, like I had exhausted both of those. And so, so, so I was like, all right, let me, let, let me uh, figure out how to get this gig. And so I started going into the city and I was collecting playbills and, and, um, you know, and the idea was that in the playbill was the list of all the musicians. And if I got that information, I would be able to call them like, you know, by joining the union, I'd get their phone number and their address and I'd be able to start writing to them and figure out how to get the gig. Um, except that after collecting all the playbills, the, the union wouldn't give me a, 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 a membership, which meant I couldn't get the book which meant I had no way to contact anybody. Uh, and there, mm. they wouldn't give me the, the a membership because um, I didn't have a gig. Like there was no reason for me to join the union. <laughs> and so it's like I was, chicken you know, and the egg kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? so, so I was like, all right, so what am I, so I do what any, you know, uh, um, uh, kid in their, you know, in their early 20s with nothing to lose does. And I, I, I grabbed a wire cutter and I went into the city, into the bus station, and I, I, I stole a, a um, uh, phone book from one of the phone booths uh, and like I hacked it off like broke the chain <laughs> stuck it in my bag and I ran <laughs> and um and so I figured I figured like half these people have to live in in uh, New York at least and sure enough like a lot of them lived in New York and so I started you know sending them letters and demo tapes and 
and um and and resumes because like musicians are dying to read somebody's resume uh yeah. <laughs> like, like not to mention the fact that i had nothing on my resume like, <laughs> like i had no experience whatsoever <laughs> i yeah there, like i there was there's was no i had no right to even like request this gig and and uh but i was like persistent to the point mm -hmm. where i would call them every day and i started doing this thing i call it collecting no's where i would just pick up the phone and i had to collect uh you know 10 no's every day 10 people had to say no they had to hang up on me or they had to curse at me and like like and that was i like that I, prospecting I, strategy it, 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 <laughs> i like, really do actually it, like you laugh but it's it was so valuable because it, what it taught me was that um it it made um uh getting rejected uh palatable because yeah. um made every you teflon <laughs> well it just every time somebody said no i was like oh thank god one more i'm, I'm that much closer <laughs> like like i i when when <laughs> somebody didn't goal. when somebody didn't answer the phone i was like oh. horrified because i was like ah oh, that means i gotta dial one more time like one more person <laughs> like like i want you to answer the phone i want you to threaten me with a restraining order or tell me no or or you know or get rid of me somehow <laughs> Uh, because then I get to go on with my day <laughs> if I can just so, get 10 people to do this. Oh, my God. So I just want to point out to the listener, what Mark just provided is a very creative way to do prospecting. <laughs> instead of going for the yeses or having a, a minimum outreach, you want to go for an X amount of no's or obviously the other things he mentioned. <laughs> That's awesome. Just collecting. But, but with the idea that like at some point somebody's going to say yes. And uh, and eventually, like nobody said yes, by the way. But but uh, but somebody said like, like I was gonna kinda, say you're giving us a plot here. Right, like, <laughs> like like somebody gave here. me. Wait, did somebody say yes? Somebody gave me like a, a like a not a no. How's that? And and so one one of the it ended up being um you wore uh, him one down. One of the guys one of the guys was was the musical contractor for a show with Jerry Lewis uh, or something like it was like some remake of a show uh, that mm -hmm. and and he had uh, he's like hey look you know he's like I've heard that you're calling everybody. I've gotten all your emails and your letters and your <laughs> you and your and your demo tapes and all this, <laughs> all this nonsense. Um, but I can't even help you because you're not a member of the union, so you have to be a member of the oh. union. And when you are, let me know, and I'll I'll certainly help you out. So I said, great. So I got the car. I drove over to the union. So I said, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, uh, so and so told me I had to join the union. And um, and so here I am. Here I am. And, and so like, oh, you must be the bass player for the new show. So I'm like. He told me to join the union, so uh, you know what does that mean to you? And they're, they're like, "Great, they signed me up. Like they, they bought wow, it. Whatever it was." Wow, because they saw that you kind of, sort of had something, <laughs> which I did, totally didn't. And and uh, and and so I, I um, so I had a chance to. I called him back and I, said, you know, here's my union card number and and. Um, uh, so what do we need to do? He goes, he's, he's like, you're wasting your time by calling everybody. You should be focusing on just bass players. And I was a bass player. I wanted to play bass in one of the shows. Um, so you should be a bass player. You should, I mean, you should be reaching out to all the bass players and ask them if you could be uh, a sub for, for their show. I said, that's great. The only challenge was there was only like 10 shows. So like now collecting those, like that's one day's worth of work. <laughs> yeah, you bang so, it out in one day. So, uh, so I started calling everybody and, and doubling up on the bass players. They got very upset with me. They got very, you know, it just was a little too much. Like I, I was, I Leave was, us alone. like I wasn't good enough. I didn't have enough experience. Like I didn't, oh. uh, like, like I, I didn't know anybody. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, I was pissing everybody. I was showing up at the theater and like camping out and then like following them to restaurants and stuff like that. It was oh, so incredibly awkward and like, and, and like, just like. <laughs> Whoever's listening, like, don't 
follow this part of the advice like that where you're stalking people like stalking people is not good uh, but we didn't but we didn't have facebook and we didn't have twitter and we didn't have any yeah. of that kind of stuff so um, where we can get away with online stalking right right so so I, so I i pretty much exhausted all of that stuff and 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 so i was like well you know um what else can i do and and i reached out and told everybody i was writing an article for bass player magazine um which was the big music magazine for bass players at the time and uh, it still is actually, and and uh, I'm writing this article for Bass Player Magazine. What it's like to be on Broadway? Are you interested in being in the article? Of course, everybody said yes. The deal Isn't was you had something? to, you had to um, uh, sit with me for an hour interview. You had to give me a copy of the music. You had to introduce me to every member of the show, and you had to let me watch you perform the show uh, from the pit, at least once. Now again, another creative. Mark, I'm telling you, you're giving us gold here. That's another creative <laughs> avenue. You you kept hitting a brick wall, and so you created a, a way around that wall. Right. Okay. And and, and you uh, you have no right uh, no idea how right you are by saying created because I did not write for Bass Player Magazine at the time, uh, <laughs> and so I did all these interviews. <laughs> you were hell bent <laughs> on getting into this group of people. And I, I'd never interviewed anybody before in my life, so every oh question God. I asked was like, "How does a guy like me get a gig like this?" And are you looking oh, for anybody? No, you like didn't, those, did you? those are all my questions. <laughs> and so I, I, I put everybody through this process, got all my interviews, got all the music, watched all the shows, became really like kind of tight with a lot of, of different people in the industry, and like and I was in until about a month or two later when everybody started going, "Hey, where's the article?" Oh, so I was like, "Oh no!" Like they're not going to forget. So I reached out to Bass Player Magazine. And I was like, "Hey, I'm friends with like everybody on Broadway now. Oh <laughs> like, like they're all like, like I'm really tight with everybody." And um, and I wrote an article about what it's like to work on Broadway. Are you guys interested? And they said, "Actually, that's a pretty good idea. We'll give you 350 bucks for it." And so I was like, "Oh, like, that was, was your just, first paying gig." So I was just gonna give it to you for free. <laughs> I you know, and it. so I was like, great. They're like, can you, you get reverse to... engineered getting an article published? Right. I and love they, it. And like, we want it by Friday. And so I was like, yeah, no problem. And it was like Tuesday or Wednesday or something. I wasn't a writer. So I had, to, so, so I was like, oh, oh now I got to write an article. I got to go through all these notes that I didn't take because like, I wasn't really there. To, to, <laughs> I was just know, hanging to, out with these people. I'm just going to make stuff up now at this point. <laughs> oh, like, my God. And so I you're wrote an article. You're thinking you already had it all written and you're like, oh, oh yeah. Problem. I can get it to you. But luckily, I didn't have a job, and so I was able to write the article, you know, staying in mom's house, and, and I wrote the article, and it made the cover of the magazine. Like, it made the oh cover story Oh, my God. Do you still magazine. have it? Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, my God. And um, I, I got, like, a bunch of copies of it and stuff. It's just, it's one of you those. Have just, to, you have to take a picture and send okay. it to me, and I'll put I'll it on the you. show notes page. And so, so I, I, um, uh, so I, I the, the article comes out. And and I was so close. I was like inches away, and I stuck a, a post-it note on every magazine. I bought them all up, stuck a post-it note on everybody's magazine. And I said, "Hey, uh, can I sub your show now?" And I sent it out to everybody. And all of a sudden, it had this really icky feeling to it, like, yeah. "Oh, so that's what you were doing." It was doing manipulative, this for. yeah. And it went from like, "You did this great thing for us," to "You, what a scumbag!" Like, why would you? Yeah. Like, like, and it just had this weird "now I owe you" kind of thing. And yeah. everybody hated me more now than they did <laughs> before this whole thing started. Oh my god! Um, what a except, tough lesson. Except there was there was one guy that was um, that was just elated, like 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 weirdly excited about this article. 
And uh, so I reached out to him. I was like, look, I'll tell you what, why don't I take you out to dinner and let's celebrate? And my idea was you're not going to be able to say no to my face. I'll take you out to dinner and I'm going to ask you to sub the show and you're going and, and to give me a yes um, because I'm going to talk you into it over the course of an hour. And, um, and so we got there and he just kept going on and on. And so I asked, I asked him, I was like, how come this is such a big deal to you? Like why you're, you're just, you're so overly like weirdly, awkwardly excited about this. And he's like, well, <laughs> he's like, my dad was a bass player. I would have known this if I actually gave him a real interview, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> he's like, my dad was a bass player and he was, um, he had been recording with artists like, um, you know, Bob Dylan, Jim Croce, Simon wow. and Garfunkel, like all the big artists back in the fifties. And, but back then they never gave the musicians credit. And so mm -hmm. his father died, this completely unknown guy that had played on some of the biggest records in the world at, you know, at the time. And even to this day. Uh, and, and so for him, it was this opportunity, like, like he wasn't following his dad's footsteps by getting the acknowledgement in the magazine. It meant that he didn't follow the same path as his dad. And I got it. And I was like, wow. wow. And before, before I could even, before I could even say anything, I, I, like I just blurted out, I was like, we should, we need to write an article about your dad. And he's like, you can do that. So I was like, I write for bass player magazine. Of course I can. Well, I don't write for <laughs> bass player magazine, but like, but you know, but like, I, like we'll figure that part out. Like, <laughs> like oh I found God. out that that works. So like, we're going to figure that part out. And so we wrote it. So, so I spent weeks just, um, at his apartment, going through records, looking at pictures and, and talking about so and, cool. and sharing stories. And I wrote an article called the most famous bass player you've never heard of. And, Aww. um, and I got, and I got that published. And it was for his dad. And I bought mm. up a bunch of copies and, and I sent it to him with a uh, a note something about to the effect of like now your dad uh it, you know is, is seen or something like that like, you're, like yeah. your your dad can rest and now because now he's known uh yeah. people know who he is and and there was nothing about subbing there was nothing and and, and at that point i kind of backed off and i was like you know this was this was solely about him this is not about me this is about adding value to another human being with no strings attached and well he touched you with a story yeah, was really and, it, close to him. and and it like and I saw the difference between that first article where it was so much about me to the point where every mm -hmm. question was how can you serve me, mm -hmm. and this article which was so much about how can I serve you, and uh, with the idea that like look if this is meant to be it's just meant to be if karma will pay me back somehow then it will if it won't it won't but this was the right thing to do, and this was this was the right thing to do by somebody else, and uh, about a month later a month or two after the article came out. Um, I got a call and he said, I'm going on vacation for a week in January. And now this is November. He's like, I'm going away for a week in January. And I'm like, you know, I'll get all excited. I was like, yeah, okay. I see where this is going. He goes, I want you to sub the Sunday matinee. And I was like, oh, I was like, I was hoping for like the whole week, but okay. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's like, uh, but here's the deal. You better be ready. Like you, you have, um, you know, you better show up to this thing and you better kill it because everybody's sitting waiting you know, the, the, first of all, they think I'm out of my mind for giving you a shot. And second of all, like they, they want it. They're dying to see what you can do. And if mm -hmm. you screw this up, you'll never work again in New York. And uh, I said, OK, I'm ready. I can take it on. And so he gave me the Sunday matinee. And for the next two months, I ran that show uh, every day, twice a day in my room. I turned the lights off. I shined flashlights in my eyes. Uh, I knocked the music stand over. Um, I put the music out of order. I, I create, I recreated every possible scenario that could happen. On the weekends, I went and watched the show. I sat in the pit during, you know, during the intermission, like during uh, in between shows on the weekends, and played it with my headphones on while everybody was at dinner. 
by the time I had actually gotten the chance to play Rent for the first time, I had done it a thousand times. I had seen the wow. the um, standing ovation a thousand times. I had like like it was in my blood. Like I just sat there and I was just like, oh, here we are, here we go again. And mm-hmm. I had envisioned it. I had uh, you know I I had sat in that chair. I had watched uh, you know him play it a hundred times. I had, I wouldn't let myself listen to anything else. Like and it just flowed like it just it was mm-hmm. it was meant to happen and um and then from that point on i became you know the the sub for the show that turned into getting the 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 national tour then i came back to new york and um but that was over the course of about 2 or 3 years how how i ended up on broadway wow i love that story thank you for <laughs> kind of going through that like that sure. i love it very creative lessons in there and just your tenacity and yeah. your commitment to make it happen regardless. Uh, I mean, just even how you practice for two months the way you did. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. That says and a lot about your character. Thank you. And, uh, well, I also lied a lot, too, though, but you missed that part. That, yeah, that, we're, we're forgetting about we're gonna, that. We're going to let that yeah, part go. That won't go. be on the show notes page. <laughs> we're just going to let I'm gonna that go. I'm going to edit that out. Creative is in quotes, by the way. Yeah, creative. Right, right, right. <laughs> creative ways he got into the yes, union yeah, and exactly <laughs> um but the, but the cool thing about it like looking back and 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 that and i did that for a long time and then i started a marketing agency and and uh because i found that i was really good at marketing myself otherwise i wouldn't have gotten the gig yeah, and, hello and um <laughs> because so much of it was marketing because just to be clear yeah. i was not the best guy for the job i was not the best player in new york i had no uh um uh you know experience i had i didn't know anybody like like the you odds were so hard, the odds mm-hmm. were so hard against me that that it shouldn't have happened mm-hmm. um but it was and it, but it, i was really good at marketing getting myself uh you know kind of through this uh and into this into this uh scenario um so when i started a marketing company it was very much the same thing uh you know i i had uh i i found that i was good at helping you know people get in front of people and and um and so i started you know working on you know doing a lot of creative uh design this is back in 2000 something uh and and uh, so i was doing a lot of creative uh, website design stuff and social media wasn't there yet still and um you know i was doing some seo and all that uh and uh, i caught the attention of um of american express and mm-hmm. it was it was a very it was a very, you're gonna see a pattern here yeah a little bit they they, they <laughs> called up and they're like hey we, we really like your work but we really got screwed by somebody who was a you know one-man show and uh and so we want to make sure that you have a full-blown company so can you come in tomorrow and uh you know we'll see if you're a good fit so i was like well yeah i could do that so i spent the night um taking pictures of my friends and and family and write and creating names and bios for all these people <laughs> and, and and adding them to my, and adding it to my website <laughs> As like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, Susan will send you the bill. And, you know, Susan Kaufman was our billing person. And I'm and surprised John, and, you didn't like bring in one or two of your friends in suits and say, this is my director. No, of they would I was, this I was friends my with, art director. I was friends with musicians. They would have ruined it. Oh my <laughs> no, God. So, um, but, but, uh, I ended up getting, uh, getting that gig, which turned into like, they introduced me to Nike and then they introduced nice. me to somebody, uh, to Callaway Golf and then, you know Berkshire Hathaway and all these like huge companies. And meanwhile, look I'm still at you. A, That's awesome. I'm still a one-man guy in my pajamas in my <laughs> spare bedroom in Brooklyn. And, God bless and I'm, the solopreneur. 
and I'm working for Nike and American Express and all these big companies. And I'm and, and like, like they're, you know, I get the first bill from, from American Express and they're like, um, you know, and I, and I was, I was going to send them an invoice. Uh, and so I was like, well, I, I should probably double it because, you know, it's American Express and I was working with a lot of small companies at the time. So I doubled the invoice and I send it back and I send it over to the guy and the guy, uh, they, they reach out and they're like, Hey, look, we, we, we can't take this. And I figured I had gotten caught and, uh, I was going to get in trouble and they're like, they're like it's going to, it's American Express. It's going to cost us twice as much to cut the check as it is for the amount of the check. <laughs> like you, like you got to at least triple this and send it back to us. So I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? And, and so I've it was like, I never had a client say that to me. It was like a month, it was like a month salary <laughs> for this like, like job that took me like seven hours or something. Oh and God. I was like, oh, this is good. This is where I belong. I should be doing oh. more of this. So do I need to bleep out American Express every time you say it so you don't <laughs> well, get in trouble? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to get a bill or a letter from their attorney. I know. You'd be like, okay, we'd like our money back. So, uh, and, and, and that, and, and so that went on for, for many years. And, and after a while, I kind of felt like, um, you know, the company had grown, we brought on some employees and stuff and, and, and I felt that like, like the, we were doing a lot of good work and we we're doing a lot of work for companies. And I found that it was incredibly unfulfilling. Um, mm. you know, Nike was a great contract, uh, and, and they, you know, they, they spent a, a whole bunch of money and so did American Express and every, you know, all these big companies. But the truth is I was another cog in the wheel. Um, you know, it was, if it wasn't me, it would have been somebody else. And, um, you know, it's, I can't, I, I can't honestly look at their share price or the number of sneakers that they sold and said, yep, that was me. Like I did mm -hmm. that. It wasn't like I, it was just, <laughs> I was just one of their 3000 marketing people that was working, that was yeah. working on some of their stuff. And, uh, and then after a while, like, like, and, and one of the reasons that I always did my own thing, whether it was music or, or the marketing thing was to help people to make a difference to, you know, make people laugh or smile or, or succeed in some way. And I, I didn't feel like I was doing that anymore. And so I walked away from my company and um and then i started a new agency about two and a half years ago um mm -hmm. that's a personal branding agency and you know because i decided that i just i love people more than companies mm -hmm. and i wanted to work with uh people now people have less money than companies um but they're so much more fun to work with and it's so much more oh, fulfilling yeah. and yeah. it's and, um, and crazy making as well <laughs> and crazy making as well and you know but like like I, 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 what I found was, you know, like if, if I had to write some or do some marketing around a pair of shoes, they would send me a pair of sneakers. I'd wear them around the block a couple of times and then I'd write something up. Um, you can't do that with people. Like you have to really get to know people and you have to really pick apart at them and figure out what makes them tick and um, figure out what, yeah. you know, what, what they love and what they hate and all this other kind of like stuff. you're writing an article about them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it was funny, like, cause, cause it, that's when everything kind of came together. Like, and that's, and that's why I always lead with that, with the, the Broadway story, although it doesn't always have to take 15, 20 minutes or whatever it was, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, yes, my listener thanks you, by the way, <laughs> we dragged that thing on as long as I, <laughs> I uh, loved no, it. but, but, uh, because it really is a matter of connecting the dots. You know, mm -hmm. like I, all I did was create a brand for myself. And then, mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of confused that with like, I must be really good at marketing and I started a marketing agency. And so I learned all these tools about marketing that, um, has led me here where now, um, my number one question, if I'm working with somebody is like, what's that big, hairy, you know, impossible goal that you have, 
for me it was broadway like i know every not everybody wants to work on broadway um but i think everybody has something that scares the hell out of them uh that they really really want and so let's figure out what that is and and i'm sure there's a path to it um and i sure it's possible and i'm sure that you're going to have to do some difficult stuff and you're going to have to bang your head against the wall and it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and you're going to have to um do things you you know you probably wouldn't have done otherwise but that's part of the journey of 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 doing this like if, if everybody was willing to do what i was willing to do then everybody would have the gig but they mm-hmm. weren't nobody was willing to write an article nobody was willing to stick their neck you mean out take the long way around the wall well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like nobody was willing to do what it, what, you know, yeah. what, it, no, what right. it really took. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, so, and I think that's true with, with everything that we do and, mm-hmm. and, uh, in business and in life and, and whatnot. So Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. I challenge you to be more creative in your business, to innovate, to simplify. But if you're thinking, I'm not creative, or I don't have time to brainstorm ideas, or even my business is just fine the way it is, well, I'm going to challenge those assumptions because they will kill your profitability. They're all stories and excuses preventing your business from being better, from running smarter, from being more satisfying and fulfilling for you. Wouldn't it be great if your brand, products, and processes were able to do more? To resonate with your target clients more effectively? To be a more personal experience for existing clients? To become relevant again instead of stale and dated? Yeah, I thought so. So if you'd like to pump some vitality back into your business using creativity, innovation, and simplification, book a free creativity call with me by visiting pappychat.com. Give your business the battery jump it needs to provide more stability and profitability. Get your free creativity call on the calendar now by visiting P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Let's you and I brainstorm something amazing for you and your business. What I got out of your sharing, and and I, I appreciate that you did give that level of depth and story because it was it was there were a couple of wonderful stories there um and what i'm seeing and hearing about you is how you as i mentioned the tenacity right you get this this idea in your head and you just like like a dog on a bone you just get a hold of it and just won't let go and you'll do whatever it takes to make it happen and you're dialed into what you want and I think that, and and you probably find this in your branding agency, that a lot of people that we end up working with in the work we do, because we're both in similar lines of work, they don't really know what they want. And they, they get more uh, distracted with the tactics around how you could make it work or how some people are doing it and, and so on and so forth. And I think that the real value here is in in reflecting on your, your story, your intro story is about what it took and what you took, what measures you took in order to make what you wanted to have happen happen because you were super clear about what that was. Yeah. Just like when you were doing the American Express work for years. Yeah, the money's great, but the fulfillment is starting to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and I'm up to something bigger and better. And what could that be? And then you figured out what that is. People. I want to work with people. And you went after that in, in leveraging uh, the skills you developed working in marketing with all these big brands. And what I what I really admire about all of this sharing that you've done is 
the tenacity to figure it out and try different things, right or wrong. You just, because you had that vision in your head and you wanted to move forward with it. And I think for for this particular season, given that it's how creativity transforms your business, there's a lot of different ways to look at that subject. When you're talking about a solopreneur who wears a lot of hats, who's really busy, who's under pressure to not only deliver their service, whatever that is, but also run the business, keep the pipeline full, and all the infrastructure that goes along with it, whether they're, you know, they've got virtual assistants, contractors, or if they're doing everything themselves, okay? And the interesting thing about having that creativity uh, opportunity to innovate, innovate, excuse me, and look at the business from the standpoint of what do I really want this to be? I kind of see how what you've just laid before us is a completely different way to, I guess, assess, am I being creative in my business? How can I be more creative? Because a lot of people get hung up on the act of creativity, the act of innovation, as opposed to the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. So if just maybe talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing and what you're thinking about when you look at a solopreneur who's faced with a, a business that may be losing its relevance, relevancy or it's become a little tired or the solopreneur has come, become a little bit tired of, of delivering their stuff because it's just it's become more of a unfulfilling chore as opposed to a passion-led, inspiring, fun thing for them to do. Uh, when you look at that intention, what are some of the things that you could speak to around that? Um, so one of the things that, that I find with creative people is, um, it, it, it's so much one or the other, either they're so in love with the art that they forget that it's a business or they let go of the fact that it's a business or they recognize that I have a business, I have a mortgage, I have to pay the bills, I have to, mm. you know, I have to make money and they forget that this was an art that they fell in love with. Yeah. And uh, and so it's always this either or thing that you're kind of dancing around that you're like, all right, well, now we got to get serious and we have to, you know, break out the spreadsheets, everybody. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, and, oh and and you, you you forget that this is something that like, you know, that that you were once in love with. And um, and so the first step is like really kind of figuring out which side of that equation that you're on. And then how do you inject the creative, you know, that, that passion into, um, you know, the, the, the doing, if that's where you're stuck or how do you create the doing or how do you inject the doing into the passion if that's where you're stuck? Um, because mm -hmm. it needs both sides of the brain. And, uh, you know, if you're going to run yeah. a successful business, like you need to be able to do the stuff, like you need to be able to have, you know, do the bookkeeping. If you're, if you're playing the bookkeeper role, like you have to have your books in check. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, if that's all you do and you lose sight of, um, you know, uh, the hands-on uh, creative aspect of it, um, you're not going to love the business anymore and you're going mm -hmm. to sabotage it because it's going to be this thing where it's just like, you know, oh, I got to get into work. Like, like how, how excited are you going to be to get on a call and try to sell somebody what you do when you can't stand to look in the mirror because it's, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, you're a fraction of who you once were. Yeah. Uh, and so, so you really have to be able to uh, tap into both of those, you know, both of those personalities, both those sides uh, at any given moment, uh, you know, depending on what you're doing within the business. 
So what are some of the things that, because, you know, this kind of graduated over to passion and getting reconnected with your passion because I, and I like that because I believe that the inspiration that can drive creativity and the inspiration that can uh, kick off an innovation uh, starts from something that is centered on passion and it comes from within. It's an inspiration. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at ways to recapture or maybe rekindle or create a new a passion, because we evolve, we change as we go through a business. I've been in business 16 years, and and I'm always evolving how I do my work, trying to make it easier for my clients, easier for me, more lucrative, more smart, you know, work smarter, not harder. And it's when I have those opportunities to do that that I get re-excited about my business because I've created something new. So in your eyes, and maybe based on your experience or what you've seen some of your clients doing now that you're working with people, right? And you and I work with a lot of the same types of people. We work with speakers, consultants, et cetera. Um, what are some of the things that you could offer that might help them rekindle that passion and help them get reconnected to that so they can be creative in their business? Um, so, so the thing that worked for me that I, that I didn't realize at the time, I totally tripped over my own feet and fell into it, um, was, uh, now when I, when I was running the marketing company, I had run that company for about 15 years or 14 years, something like that. Uh, and so I had my share of experience in marketing, like, and I was tired of it. I hated, hated what I was doing to the point where I walked away from my own company and, you know, left out handed it mm -hmm. over to my business partner. And, um, and so, um, I wasn't sure what was going to come next and, but I fell into what I, what I already know, but now it was, it was focused more on people. What I learned was I didn't hate what I did. I loved what I did. I just didn't like who I was doing it for. And, and so you weren't connected to people that were benefiting from the direct result. Of right. That. Yeah. And so, so what I really found was, was, um, you should don't just be connected to your work. Like, you know, regardless of what you are, uh, what, and what you do that's creative, like, don't just be created to that. Be, be, uh, don't be connected to that. Be connected to the people that need that, that want that, that buy that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely like weirdly love people. Like I always tell I, I collect people like, but not like in a serial killer <laughs> way, but like I, I collect people <laughs> In the sense that, like, I love, I, like, I love relationships online and, and, like, you know, just knowing people. And it's not, for me, it's not about how many connections can I get on LinkedIn. Like, mm -hmm. when I connect with somebody on LinkedIn, like, I have conversations with these people. And I, and, 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 like, and same thing with on Facebook and Twitter. One of my best mm -hmm. friends I met on Twitter, uh, you know, and, and, uh, it's just like, I, I just absolutely love people. And so I want to help people. I'm passionate about helping people. And yeah, we'll create a logo for you. We'll create a website. We'll create some messaging. We'll do all that stuff. And I, and that's fun and artsy too. But for me, I'm so passionate about the people that I want to help that like, I'll dig a hole for you if you need me to, like, like if yeah. it's going to help you. Um, and, I, and I think that's where, where I step beyond the business of like, you know, numbers and, you know, oh, here I go again, mm -hmm. doing the same mm -hmm. thing again and made it about something totally different. Well, and, and knowing you uh, the way I do now, uh, <laughs> that you're, you help them 
envision so much because the way you coach them and consult them through the discovery process of understanding what they need from the standpoint of the deliverables. Mm -hmm. And because you like to quote unquote collect people and you care so much about people, it's important to you to, to learn who they are. And so you get that much closer uh, to that relationship. And I'm, I'm speaking as, you know, like I do the same thing. So that's why it's resonating with me. Um, and I think that is where a lot of the satisfaction lives for both of us is our ability to, uh, you know, help our clients paint a picture of what could be and right. and helping them facilitate getting it into reality. So seeing them experiencing the joy of what we help them create come into manifestation so they can actually start making more money or be more clear in their communications or whatever it is, is so much more fulfilling. It is for me. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, it's when you're sitting down with somebody and you're really digging in, trying to understand what makes them tick, because that's the only way to get their brand right is to mm -hmm. really kind of get down to that vulnerability, that authenticity of who they really are, what makes them tick. And 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 um, and they usually fight it a little bit at first, but then eventually somebody said, you know, they'll say, well, you know, I never told anybody this, but and then they go off on a story mm -hmm. and it's like. Um, that to me is like such a, such an incredible moment because it's like, okay, the guard is down. Let me tell you who I really am. Yeah. And I could build something just amazing from that because mm -hmm. that's who we want to do business with. We want to mm -hmm. do business with, with the person that, Real you know, people. yeah, like, like, <laughs> like my story would be so much better if I could just tell you that I graduated from college and I decided I wanted to work on Broadway. And so I filled out an application or, or, or um, auditioned for the gig and I got it and I was on Broadway two weeks later. But no, like, like so I, got, I got hung up on, <laughs> I, I, I failed miserably for yeah. two or three years. Like I, but you know, I mean, and, and yeah, the What's outcome. more interesting is what you did. Right. Not nobody, just how you failed, cares but what that. you did. Like, <laughs> like, like I the funny, that was awesome. The funny thing about the whole story is if I didn't get the gig, you you, st you would be like, yeah, but it's still a great story. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody yeah, would still know, right? forget about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like it, it, like it just so happens that I got the gig, you know, but I, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody mm -hmm. to strip down to that and show mm -hmm. us a little bit of that because mm -hmm. that really uh, resonates because we've all been there. We've all had yeah. something that we wanted that, that we just felt like there was no way we all, yeah. we've all, you know, uh, wanted to get in with the in crowd and, um, and just got hung up on over and over again, didn't get the chance. Uh, and so, so to have gone through that and, and be able to share those failures and everything like that's just really important for people to hear that stuff. It is. It makes things real. And, and when it's shared from a place of, of realness, uh, then it, it resonates with people. Just like, you know, how you were going through your story. And I was like, wow, you know, it's like riveting listening to all the stuff you did. I, I always tell people, you know, like, like um, you know, what's the one thing you do not want anybody, any of your clients to know? And like, I'll start there because that's mm. usually the thing that they need to know. Like oh, that's, 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 that's pretty brave. That's, that's pretty brave thing, for you to ask that. But that's the thing that turns people from an avatar to a human being. Mm. And that's who we want to do business with, right? We want to do business with somebody that is just like us or that, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that has a story and not just, mm -hmm. you know, that that's live my best life on Instagram. You know, God, we don't want to do yeah. business with that person. 
Um, yeah. It's, you know, we want to do the, per, you know, work with the person that's real. And I think that's what, you know, we're gifted with the ability to extract that and, and translate it into something that communicates and connects with people. And our ability to, to listen, I don't want to sound arrogant or bragging, but I think we, I totally we think have... you're arrogant and bragging right now. <laughs> you haven't even started talking yet. <laughs> no, seriously, though, because I, I have like these intuitive spurts when I uh, do a discovery with a client. I don't know if you do, too, where I'm like, it sounds like you're trying to do something that you really maybe aren't in love with. And I've actually had some conversations with clients where they're trying to go where the money is and they've had success there maybe in corporate America in the past. So they try to replicate that as a solopreneur when in fact what they want to do is they want to go for that one aspect of it and and open it up into something that's really real and fulfilling and exactly everything you're speaking to and being able to extract them because we're all myopic. You know, we can't see the label of the jar we're in, right? So right. We, we don't know how awesome we are. It takes somebody who's got a keen listening and the insight to actually pull that out of us and then give it back to us in such a way as like, this is where, where you need to go. And I think that that question that you asked them <laughs> is a very brave question to ask as a quote unquote service provider, which is a, a terrible way to describe both of us. But, <laughs> yeah, but right. yeah, because you're there providing a service. But for them to even consider the breakthrough that would come through when they consider, because who considers that? You know, no, we it, know it, like in the back of our mind, we're like, you know, I hope they never find out X, you know, but we're not consciously thinking about that. Right. And um, yeah, and, and the process isn't always clean. Like, like it's, it's, it's a tough question to ask, but it's an even tougher question to answer. And it's, it, you know, like the process is a little bit like falling down the stairs uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's ugly and weird <laughs> and awkward and, you know, and, and, um, like a baby giraffe, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you look at it, at, at, you know, at the story and you, and you're like, this is why you do what you do. And this is mm -hmm. why it's important. And this is why, yeah. what the world needs to know, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. And now how do we Sometimes communicate you got to sell it though. You got to sell it to them because they're so used to wanting to be super professional and appear like they got their shit together when in fact what they're hearing might not is like the imperfection is what makes it beautiful. Right. And, yeah. and, um, and, and that imperfection is, is okay. And how it all kind of comes mm -hmm. together. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's never, it's never pretty getting there, but you beat them into submission. <laughs> what, what I like to <laughs> and do we is know I, you know how to do that. <laughs> I move into their house. And then by the time, you know, like, like you call they, them until they change their number. <laughs> they finally go like, fine, I'll take that story. It's fine. Just tell everybody <laughs> about all my infidelities and everything else that's going on so we can be oh done with this already. <laughs> so you'll leave me alone. I know. Just go away. <laughs> I know. How many times do we get business just because we are so persistent? Well, you were so persistent. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had to make my 10 no's a day. Stop. Yeah, well, you know. That's going to be my new thing is get 10 no's a day. I'm telling you, it's 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 life changing. Um, it's still well, no one picks up bit, their phone that. anymore, and well, no one answers too. email until like a week later. So you would probably be on the phone and sending email all day long, <laughs> trying and, to get and, those and no's. Like, and then like Thursday, you'd have, you'd have 170 no's on Thursday. <laughs> I know they'd all come in. Do 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 do. Talk about a crasher for your self esteem. 
<laughs> Mark, it's been an awesome conversation. I love how it just kind of weaved and bobbed and really was just stimulated by your story, you know, your intro story, which I absolutely love. I know I'll, I'll probably be teasing you about it in the future, but <laughs> I did. I really enjoyed it. And, I, and there thank are you. some lessons in creativity in that whole story that you shared. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you for doing the work that you do and following your heart and and being of service to people. And and that's why we're here. And and I uh, love and appreciate everything that you're doing out there. So thanks for being on the show today. Sure. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.